Real quick, if you can think about how you found out about this podcast, somebody probably shared it with you, told you about it, or maybe you saw it on an Instagram story. Currently, the only way this grows is through word of mouth. I don't sell any ads or sponsorships right now, so my only ask to you is that you continue to pay it forward. However you found out about this podcast, that you do the exact same thing for someone else. So if it is leaving a review, sharing it in your stories, Literally, if you do that, it would mean the world to me and definitely throw some good karma out there for you and another entrepreneur. Welcome to the business of being healthy, where we are passionate about treating our health as good as we treat our wealth. Shelly Bryan here, and I am obsessed with sharing real life experiences and wisdom to help save you time, heartache, and money as you continue to grow personally and professionally. Twice a week, we push aside that BS to take massive intentional action. And I promise by tuning in, you will receive the straightforward talk you've been waiting for filled with actionable steps that will inspire you to achieve the health and wealth you desire while you are building your empire. All right, well, welcome back to another episode here on the Business of Being Healthy show. I am joined by two ladies that have absolutely inspired me and continue to inspire me the more I get to know them. So it's truly an honor to be able to bring both Jill and Mary from Girls Mentorship here on the show today. And I got to tell you, like this conversation, we were already talking before we got started, it could go so many different ways. And this (laughs) show, right? I love the giggles because this show is all about like sharing the wisdom, sharing the knowledge, sharing the experiences so that we can help someone else kind of exceed at a faster pace than maybe we did. Learn the lessons that we wish we would have learned previously. And so I'm just going to share a little tidbit on both gals, and then we're going to jump in here. But Jill has an incredible experience, not only being a mom of two, but she spent 10 years with uh, Lululemon in all the ranks, all the leadership. I can't wait to to hear some of that experience. I already see it in you a lot because I know you in person. Um, You have also, both ladies are sun devils, which is fantastic. We can be friends. I was a little (laughs) bit worried that one of you guys was from like a U of A. And I was like, we, I don't know how we're going to handle this, this conversation, but did not go to Tuscany. No, I sure didn't. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Um, but you, you both have experience with coaching and leadership, and that is exactly what you're doing right now with girls mentorship. Uh, my daughter Reese had the opportunity to experience both of it first or both of you firsthand this summer in your amazing pursue more summer camps. And you know what? I just let's just dive in. Let's dive in. So welcome, ladies. Let's Thank go. you. Oh, hi. Hi, Shelly. We're pumped to be here. We're usually in person. So being on the other side of a screen is different, but we're here for the party regardless. Regardless. And you guys came ready, which I loved it. Loved it. Okay. Well, let's dive in here really quick because I do want to I, I want to talk about this partnership because I've shared this on another episode. I was raised with the thought partnerships are raised, are made in hell. Don't do them. <laughs> Ooh, okay. That, okay. That's the business advice I got. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, I've had two business partners and that was proved true. 
But then I see people like you. I see, I see two people like Coley and Lindsay and I'm like with the foundress and I'm like, they're doing it. I see Laura and Jacqueline with shine image. They're Mm -hmm. doing it. And so I see the two of you with something that you have created. Happy third, three year anniversary, by the way. Thank you. you. When it comes to partnerships and starting a business from nothing to now, what are some of the biggest takeaways that you wish maybe you knew sooner when you started? Um, It's funny too, because some of that advice advice that I just want to add on to that is don't do business with friends. And so we we have literally just ditched it all. And I think experience matters. I had a partnership in business prior to entering this partnership, which didn't go well. My two choices were to um, either leave the partnership or burn the building down with two people inside. And I figured that <laughs> I don't really look good in bright orange, so I might as well maintain my freedom and walk away from that business um, as hard as it was because you don't just start a business to let it go. You start a business a lot of times because it's your heart and soul and you want to help people and you want to make an impact. And the business I started prior to this was a CrossFit gym. I we we talked about health and wellness. This is a health and wellness show. That was everything to me because it saved me from the chapter that I was in prior. So knowing how important CrossFit was to me, I wanted to take it and help other people quote unquote get saved from whatever was going on in their life and it was painful to have to walk away based on a bad partnership. So I knew walking away from that that I just I needed to take a breather. And the fact that this partnership came up so organically was a green flag to boot. I had known Jill through Lululemon and through friendship since 2016. And this partnership didn't start until 2020. So we had four years of never once thinking that we were going to work together. So our interactions were purely based on a solid foundation of friendship, both together and individually, which I think was a huge help when we first had the conversation of what it would look like to actually start a business together. Joe, how about you? I know. I'm like, should I chime in? Of Um, course. For me, um, I left Lululemon. So I was in a team dynamic. That's all I knew for 10 years. And then I jumped in 2018 to be an entrepreneur, a solo entrepreneur, um, for a solid year and a half, two years. And that's where Mary and I really started to bond over what she was going through and what she was working on. While I was also trying to figure out kind of the next ideation of who, and who I was becoming and the career path that I, that I had once known. And now I'm really kind of trailblazing and paving my own way. I needed connection. I needed other women who were doing similar things to also like bring me along and to, to, to help guide me and be there as a sounding board. So that was really how, um, our friendship, um, started to blossom. And I also knew that she was heavily um, invested in personal growth and development. Mary has done a ton of work on herself, as did I. And I think really that is my biggest takeaway that I want to say around partnerships. You have to be able to do the work and to have a solid foundation in order to come together and build a partnership. So I really felt good coming together, knowing that we were talking similar language, even though our experiences 
were different. And I tried the whole solo entrepreneur thing and what I was craving and missing the most from my former life at Lululemon was a team. And a team, I don't need a team of 80 like I had or more. What I needed was just one more person. I thrive in bouncing ideas off of other people. And I miss that camaraderie. I miss the the partnership and the joy that... Um, that a team brought me. And so when when Mary and I were really kind of exploring what this whole chapter of girls mentorship was going to look like, I knew she was the missing link that I needed in order to really thrive as an entrepreneur. So one thing that I, there's so much in that, so much in that. So I, I just encourage anyone listening in, like go back and re-listen to that if you're thinking about going into a partnership. And and this is going to this this conversation is going to evolve, but I just I have to say that because I'm like listening to both of you guys and and taking my experience, the experience Chris has had, and I'm like, yep, yep, man, I wish I knew that. But one thing that I loved that I heard from both of you was that you were both open to growth. I can tell looking back now, in my experience, I was open to growth. I was open to learning. My partner was not. And Mm -hmm. so we weren't speaking that same language and we weren't going, right? We weren't yoked together. We were Mm -hmm. not at all, right? Maybe the end goal was the same, but we were not going at the same pace. And so I can hear that in both of you. And that's one thing that I absolutely, I've had these conversations with other business owners, potential um, is, is making sure that both sides are open to learning new things and open to growth. Where are you going to oh, and Mary? yeah, you're you're absolutely right because I don't want to paint the picture that we don't have our spats. Obviously, you work with your spouse. I know there's disagreements, and we have to walk away from one another, asking the question like, "Do you want to be right or do you want to maintain the friendship?" So there's a lot of conversations that go on internally as well as between the two of us around putting our ego aside. And I think a lot of people have a really difficult time deciphering what their ego even is and being able to separate from their ego to make the decision that works best for both people moving forward. And we've had a lot of practice both outside of our partnership, but realistically inside of our partnership, we have gotten to hold space for one another through some really tough conversations and times and big decisions that have created rifts within our business. And we constantly go back to do you want to be right or do you want to maintain the friendship? Mm-hmm. And it's always the latter. We want this. This relationship means more to me than the business means to me. Yeah. Yeah. I just love that. And, you know, I, I heard this recently. I, I can't remember the show, but it's like, are you more interested in winning or more interested in being right? You know, and I think that comes with time and experience. So anyone that hasn't been there, it's like, you want to be right. You want to be right. And I, as well as I believe most uh, high achievers, we're right fighters, right? We are right fighters. That is a hard thing that we have to reflect on and then take back. You ask yourself that question. I think asking and reflecting like yourself on questions is one of the most powerful things that you can do to open yourself up for that growth in business. I 100% agree. I was just going to say it's, um, we have to be constantly working on ourselves. Um, What Mary is experiencing and going through is going to look different than what I'm experiencing and going through. And 
um, watching each other and holding each other accountable outside of what we're working on and in the business is equally important. So who are we becoming as people and what are we doing to, to garner those skills or to grow in those certain areas? It's like, it is so important for us, especially if we're working with families and girls and we're coaching them around who they're being. Like we would be frauds if we weren't in the work ourselves. So whether it's therapy or podcast or, you know, doing things that are constantly refining who we are, we need to constantly be looking at ourselves first in order, um, in, in order to be who we want to be for one another. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a premise that everyone I know has heard on this show is like, if you want to like increase your business, increase your income, do all of that. You have to invest in yourself first. The better that you make yourself, the better that you can show up for everyone. But it's a flip of a mindset, right? You have to change. It's not always give to everyone else. It's give to yourself so that you can give more to everyone else. Oh, mm-hmm. And that is not always easy. <laughs> uh, no, that yeah. isn't. That, but what I loved is like, it's like the practice in, in what you just shared it, you know, Jill, it's the practice. It's the fact that like, we're not perfect and we shouldn't expect to be perfect, mm-hmm. but the more reps that we can get in, we get a little bit better, right? We recognize, yeah. okay, my ego's in the way a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean you're not going to have the riff, Hopefully. but like you <laughs> Hopefully. We know several people that have it and that's where the mindset doesn't shift, right? There's, we all know someone who is resting on their laurels of whatever it is and who refuses to see the other side of things. And that's the exact thing that's in their way. That's what stops them every single time, but they can't see the forest from the trees. So hopefully. Hopefully. Well, and, and that's why this conversation right now is so important, quite honestly, because sometimes it's, not hearing from the partner, right? Like certain things, I don't need to hear from Chris. I need to hear it from someone right. else that will, it'll just register different with me. So I hope today's show will do that for, for someone else that, you know, is in a partnership, any kind of partnership. Let's even put it that way. 100%. Now I want to switch gears real quick because I wanted to lay the foundation of the partnership of the two gals that I have on the show right now. And now I want to bring in girls mentorship. I want to talk a little bit about girls mentorship, where it came from, why, and then we're going to kind of dive into some other stuff within it. So Jill, why don't you go ahead first and share kind of the the backstory on girls mentorship? The backstory is honestly, this was a total accident. There, It wasn't like a, hey, when we were working together at Lululemon, we were like, hey, you know what would be really cool if we started a company <laughs> for girls? Um, it was so organic, like Mary had mentioned. And during COVID, um, when I was exploring what was next after Lululemon, I started really kind of just saying yes to different opportunities. So I was working with moms and then moms led to girls. And I was in, I I kind of became this like performance coach for, for girls and not just, um, girls. It was kind of like a a niche down, uh, it was like a, a niche down demographic where I was working with high school girls. So I was working with sports teams and all sorts of different athletes on their mindset to help them gain confidence in their sport. 
So when COVID happened, Mary was my go-to friend. I was like, you're the person that's going to come over and we're going to get through this, whatever we're going through right now as a country together. Um, And I was getting asked if I was doing anything for girls um, as the world had shut down. And honestly, I I didn't even think about it because I was kind of in all and consumed with homeschooling my two kids. And I got asked a few more times and that made me really be like, okay, well, why don't I just throw something out there? So I put together um, what was called Camp Social. It was a four-week call series where I was going to open it up to my athletes, but then I was like, well, all girls, honestly, are stuck inside just as the next person. So I really just said, any girl between the ages of 14 to 18, come on this call. And um, it's really just a space to hear what you're going through, to support you in through those feelings. I also knew that I didn't want to lead or facilitate that call by myself. So I knew this one was coming over and I knew what like where she was at in her life. And I was like, she would totally be down because we've had conversations before about her sister. And I'll let Mary kind of share a little bit more in, in a second about, about that. But um, Mary was like my hell yes girl. She was like, oh, totally. I'll, I'll totally jump on this call. And in my mind, I wanted to switch out the facilitator every single week. But after week one, after we facilitated that first call, there was something that just told me that we need to finish this ride for the next three weeks together. It was the Holy Spirit. It was. It Mm -hmm. was God being Mm -hmm. like, I am going to show you what's next. So sure enough, four weeks later, we watched these girls come on week one, super timid, um, overwhelmed, stressed to four weeks later, feeling like they were lighter and more free and had new ways of thinking to go and overcome challenges or whatever they were being faced with. And we looked at each other and we were like, oh my gosh, we can't just be like, okay, well, Bye. Later. Thanks. Like, so the long story long. PM for drinks on the patio. That was that was really the start of girls mentorship. It happened during COVID in in the kitchen of my house, and we were like, let's let's if if that was what happened in four weeks, we spent one hour with these girls every single week. What's possible for the other girls that are out there suffering? Mm-hmm. And we also knew who we were as girls. And we like, wouldn't it be cool if we get to be the people that we once needed to be? Mm-hmm. So that was really the start of um, girls mentorship. We had no idea what the hell we were doing, but we knew still that we don't. had, and we still don't three years later, um, <laughs> that we had something really special. That is so, so, so great. And I love that it like organically came out. And this is like, you can see even the the partnership forming right here that we just talked mm-hmm. about. All right, Mary, give it to us. Cause I know that you have another very important part. <laughs> well, and it's, it's so interesting because this business was built on what we had previously talked about a few minutes ago in terms of our own personal growth and development. So Jill and I had invested thousands of dollars and hours into going to conferences and things like landmark and PSI, because there was a realization for us, obviously differently in different chapters of our life that we were the ones getting in our own way. Mm-hmm. And if we were the ones getting in our own way, then we had the key to figuring out how to not do that anymore. So by the time we had come together, we had 
personal growth and development seminars up in <laughs> coming out of every pocket, basically. Like it was something that we were really invested in doing. And what we had then transitioned it to, we were both entrepreneurial minded. Uh, and what we had seen was a lot of our friendship groups, the women that we were surrounding ourselves with helping other women. And I think we actually both tried our hand at doing that. Like I'm a coach for women and it just didn't fit us. It wasn't who we were. We weren't succeeding at it. It felt hard. It felt sticky. So the fact that this came up, the conversation, the comment has been made and it's carried on throughout our business. It's like a red thread. Seriously. If I would have had this when I was younger, I wish I would have had you guys when I was younger. And for me, I come from a pretty tumultuous past. I come from domestic violence and abuse and, and divorce. And unfortunately, when my parents got divorced, my dad um, hooked up with somebody new and had another child, which effectively starts the cycle all over again. It's not like he got a divorce and was like, huh, I need to look in the mirror and solve what's going on internally with me before I spread all of my goodness into somebody else's life. Nope. He just went right into the next thing. And unfortunately, he is still that way. There's not been a whole lot of taking accountability or anything that would solve. So he had another child, which um, she is 11 years younger than me. And things started to go wrong, I would say right away, because the relationship between him and her mother was just as bad as it was between him and my mother. So this child is growing up in the same toxicity as I was. The only saving grace was that they didn't live together. So they got time apart. My dad actually took uh, several moves from Colorado to Arizona, um, which is, we're both from Colorado. Um, and there was space there. Unfortunately, my little sister's mother passed away from cervical cancer when she was nine. So there's there's a nine thing going on here. My parents got a divorce when I was nine. She um, then had to come live with my dad when she was nine, which he was not about anything. Grievance counseling, therapy, he was kind of a, she'll be fine, rub some dirt on it, let's go. Obviously, that is not the case, what we know scientifically about our neurology and the way our brain works and how we take in trauma and how it manifests itself later in life. It began manifesting itself for her, her freshman, between eighth grade and her freshman year of college. And she tried committing suicide, I would say, four times, if my memory serves me, between her freshman and sophomore year of high school. And this is where I really got to come in and be for her what she was lacking. And I was 22 years old at the time. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to help. I didn't know how to navigate. But all I knew was that I was the only one that she had outside of my dad and she needed an advocate. So I'll never forget dropping her off at an inpatient unit. She was living at a long-term inpatient unit at the time. 
Um, CPS had taken full custody of her. We had gone through the ringer and I dropped her off at this behavioral clinic and I had just really gotten into CrossFit. I said that CrossFit was a saving grace for me. It was like my one hour of the day, not to think about the stresses and everything that was going on in my life. And I just got to release. So I was driving away and I was like, man, how can I use my love of CrossFit to help girls? Cause I don't want another girl in my life to experience what my sister and I are feeling. And like I said, I was 22. The thought was fleeting. I probably thought about it for five seconds, drove away, and something else came to mind, and I never thought about it again until 2020. Until 2020 when Jill called me and said, hey, I'm doing this thing tomorrow. Do you want to come over? And I was like, what what am I doing? I don't have anything else to do. Absolutely. And that spark ignited. So it wasn't CrossFit. It wasn't necessarily CrossFit that I was utilizing in order to help girls, but I was given a pathway to actually do what I said I wanted to do four score and seven years ago in order to I don't know, remedy my past or make my pain into somebody else's purpose and give them sort of a guidebook that I didn't have. Um, So two very different stories, but one very unique mission that is incredibly special to the both of us in that way. I mean, I, I thank you. Thank you for sharing both of you. Um, Because I think each story is, is quite unique and adds to the secret sauce, let's say, of, of what you guys are creating. Um, and, and being able to share that and talk about that, Mary is a big deal. So, um, just even sharing that story, I know helps someone today. What I want to say, or what I want to point out, and there's these little nuances. This is why I love being a podcast host is these little nuances. So both of them said we invested thousands of dollars and time to go to all of these you know, self-help, personal growth, all these different conferences. I know a lot of people have done the same. I have done the same. I have read, I have, I have researched, but the difference is, is going and taking action. That's the difference. You can go and go and invest and invest, but I don't know that it's really an investment as much as a transaction. They made it an investment. So that's how I'd say is anyone that is on that personal growth or that growth, not necessarily just in skills, right? We have business skills, we have relationship skills, communication skills, all these different things, but it's taking that action on what you learn hmm. is most important. So I love that you guys are are proof of that. Go ahead. I want to just say I made myself wrong for not taking action for a long time, not really giving myself grace to just get poured into for the first few years that I was doing it. Because you're right, there's a huge like event high where it's like, I want to replicate that. So I'm going to go again and I'm going to go again and I'm going to go again, but nothing (laughs) changes outside of our lives. I needed a solid I don't know. I would say I was literally driving by an old residence today, and that was from 2018. I had first started personal growth and development in 2016. So there was a solid four years where I didn't feel like I was putting it to good use. And I did. I made myself wrong for it. I had to have a lot of conversations with me in terms of, Mary, you've missed out on this for 25 years. Like you grew up in trauma and it's okay for you to go into these rooms and get poured into and that is it. Mm -hmm. So if you're also in that position, it is okay for you to just 
absorb and absorb and absorb for a little while, but I couldn't agree more. You absolutely need to be taking action or have a plan to take action at some point, whether it happens organically or inorganically, it doesn't matter. It matters the steps you're taking. A hundred percent. Jill, did you have something to add? Yeah, I was just going to also say that I I didn't think that my journey of personal growth and development would ever lead me to me being an entrepreneur. I never I I never had dreams or goals to own my own business. Never. My dream and my goal was to get married and have a family and why I was on this path of figuring out who I was and the patterns of behavior that I wanted to stop was because I knew I was going to self-sabotage the things that I really, really wanted. And those were the relationships in my life. So I, for me, it was like, I wanted to learn how to, how to people better, how to be better what does integrity mean? Because I had no concept of that. (laughs) I was like, wait, you're supposed to like actually follow through on what you say you're supposed to do? Like little things like that, which then when I started practicing, so to your point, Shelly, being in action and really like proving to myself, like, man, I'm worth it. And I can keep promises to myself. And wow, now integrity is a value of mine. And and now I'm starting to see that in other people or I, I see the lack in other people. And I'm starting to collect friends and I, I, I find my husband this way. And, and now it starts to like, you just, you start to become the version of who you want to be. And then it, then it, that's where the attraction happens. Like then you're attracting opportunities. That's when the doors happen or open for you. And you get to step in those doors and figure out if that's what you want. Like, I I just think this work can literally transform your life in, in however you want it to transform your life. Um, whether it is, you know, to, to strengthen relationships or to start a business. But if you don't act on it, you're right. It's, it's, you're doing yourself, you're doing yourself a disservice, but you're also doing, you're, you're, you're doing the world a disservice. Yeah, absolutely love that. Absolutely love that. And there was, there was one other thing that you both said, and at this point, I can't remember who said it. So we're just going to say both of you guys is it, it was turning, like taking back the power and the control. Because here's something that someone, you know, um, I had, you know, a divorce, my brother in jail, like all of this stuff too. And I could sit here and I could literally point my finger at a million different people that that did it, right? But I lose all power. I lose all strength. It all goes to everyone else. Like I'm literally giving up my power. And you, one of you said it, and I can't remember, I have to listen back on it, but you were like, I had to look at me. I took it back. I had to, and you've heard a lot of eyes on this show and I actually like it. So often we're like, oh, we should talk about everyone else and like give to everybody else and we and our, and all these different words, which I do think are very, very important when you're leading a team. But sometimes it's like, I did the work. I had to look at me in the mirror to go do the work. Right. And so I love that you guys mentioned that earlier. And that's something that I just wanted to bring back because we are talking a lot of personal growth. I told you, you guys, this conversation was going to go <laughs> wheels off, right? We're partnerships, <laughs> growth, great. how we built girls mentorship, but this is life. This is business, right? It is not 
picture perfect. It is all over the place. And so I think all of these experiences are super important, but both of you took back the power of what was going on in your life onto you and then Mm -hmm. took massive action to get the growth. It was messy, I'm sure, but man. Oh yeah, still is. (laughs) Oh yeah. I swear. Like right now. Oh yeah. With all the growth Chris and I are having, I'm like, wow, these are new feelings that I'm not really loving, but okay, here we go. (laughs) But it's like, we know that we'll, we have that proof of doing the work previously and and the outcome. So the more that you can provide that proof to yourself, the the better that you can become in whatever that looks like for you. Right. Everyone has to define that for themselves. hundred percent. So let's keep this conversation going. However, I want to take a little turn because I know with all of this growth, I'm trying to decide which way I want to take it because I know with all of this growth, you guys see a lot with experience. You start seeing things, right? Like Jill, you just mentioned, like you start seeing people with integrity. You start seeing the people that you want to hang out with. You see Mm -hmm. things from different lenses with experience and the work that you've done on yourself. And one of the things that, you know, I mentioned earlier, Reese got to participate in the, in the pursue more summer camp. Um, and I know that you obviously from the very first four week call schedule that you did, that you just shared seeing parents and kids. And, and I think that one thing that I always love to talk about back when I was mentoring and, and consulting was how mom is leader in the house, right. In, in so many ways. And I'd love to hear your thoughts because a lot of business owners, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of high achieving people, not even just women listen to this show who are also heads of households. Right. And I think it is such a great honor that we are in this position, but sometimes maybe we don't remember that role and what's (laughs) going on. And so... I'd love to hear your kind of correlation that you've seen between the kids that you've, you know, worked with and maybe some parents so that we can make that correlation. God, and it's so simple. It feels like we know this. We know this as humans, but we don't practice it. Behaviors are caught, not taught, y'all. Behaviors are 100% caught, not taught, right? It's the old adage of nature versus nurture. And of course, nature has... A, a big play in it. You you learn things from nurture, but when when your kids are watching you act a certain way every single day or say something in a certain way every single day, of course they're going to emulate what you're saying. I mean, I say things that Jill says, and Jill says things that I say because we're around one another all the time. So I love. I'm gonna I'm gonna take us down a story about meatloaf. It'll make sense here in just a moment. However. Picture a woman cooking dinner for her family, and her husband is watching her do what she's doing, and she has this meatloaf, and she cuts the ends off, and she puts it in the oven, and her husband goes, honey, why did why did you just do that? And she goes, I don't know. Um, I think my, my mom used to do it, so let, let's ask her. So they call up mom. Hey, mom, um, I'm making meatloaf. Why, why did you cut the ends off of the meatloaf? And she's like, God, that's such a great question. I have no idea. I learned it from my mom. So they call grandma and they're like, Grandma, what what's going on with the meatloaf? Like, why are we all now cutting the ends off the meatloaf? And she goes, Oh, well, my oven was too small to hold the entire thing. And it's like, 
If we don't question where our behaviors came from, we'll never be able to change those behaviors. And I think that's such a beautiful story around being able to depict where we wind up meeting girls. Because absolutely, we had three different weeks of summer camp. Each week was um, essentially the same in terms of the actions that we needed parents to take. But it was very clear if parents were not taking action, their kid was more of an issue for us. And I'm saying issue in a way where maybe they didn't listen or maybe they talked back a little bit more. Maybe they weren't engaged. Like you could absolutely see it and make a correlation between, okay, mom or dad didn't fill out the waiver the fifth time I asked. Mom and dad didn't join the community tool that we asked them to join in order to keep them updated and apprised on what we were doing at camp. And now I'm seeing certain behaviors play out with the child that are similar to someone not doing something. Um, so yes, we're, we're, we're literally creating carbon copies of ourselves and putting them out into the world. And if we are not careful in our actions, our kids are going to pick up those same actions and recreate them in their world. Yep. Yep. Jill, what, what do you think? What are some of your, your, um, observations? My observations, well, it like brought me back memory lane. I was like, man, I just can't, like week two was hard for us It was <laughs> in summer camp because parents just couldn't get what they needed to get done that we were like, honestly, it was to keep their child safe and to make it run more effectively for us. And week two was by far the, the hardest, the most, most challenging, safe, just kidding. <laughs> the most challenging group Wheels that we off. had. Wheels, Wheels were off. The wheels were off. So I was like, man, isn't that true? Um, what I want to say, um, that was, I mean, we experience what Mary just shared all the time. And I think there's one other thing that I want to bring into this conversation. And it's around, um, it's around when you do have a working parent and that their work or their play or their personal time isn't greater than their child. So we also saw a lot of high achieving moms um, who had a great personal life or she was kicking butt and taking names in her business. And that is priority for her. And it was kind of like shooing her daughter into us being like, you know what? Like, can you kind of like give her some advice and raise her and fix her a little bit? So the discrepancy between that and what we often see is that this girl, the daughter, is screaming to be seen. And mom, unfortunately, is so busy achieving and doing great things, I'm sure, that this daughter is going to be searching for that validation and approval elsewhere. And if we're not careful, um, because this girl was 10 or maybe 11, um, she's going to find it in boys. She's going to find it in drugs and alcohol. She's going to find it on social media. It's going to turn quickly. And I mean, it can happen like that. It's crazy. The conversations that we're having with nine-year-olds that two, three years ago, we would have never been having. So also we get stuck in the story of, well, my daughter's only this age, so she's not quite ready for that conversation. And we're like, oh, oh she sister. was ready two years ago, honey. Yeah. <laughs> so I just want to also, um, I, I just want to mention that of like, hey, this is a good gut check. It's an inventory check around 
what is priority and not to say that the pendulum needs to swing from one to another, but like, where's the happy medium? Because we saw that so much with girls where it was just like, I wish my mom gave me the time of day or my dad or, you know, whatever that is. And we think that we're giving our kids everything with experiences and material things like that's going to buy them love and happiness. And it's not. It's not. Um, And we're seeing it, unfortunately, through the camps and the workshops that we're leading. And, And if we can get more families, if we can get more moms and more dads and just more human beings to know that what Mary said, things are caught, not taught, it can literally do a 180 for, for families. And I, I wanted to have this conversation, you know, because this is a tough one. This is a tough one to hear sometimes. And I think both perspectives that you just shared are so, so important. Um, you know, questioning where behaviors came from, like we as parents, that's our job. We need to do that. You know, I always joke. And if my mom's listening to this one, sorry, mom, but like from my parents, I learned what not to do. I learned what not to do. Right. And that's okay. Like that, that's, that's what I took. So I can now apply that as a parent. Right. But the other flip side is that we are in this driven world of high achieve, go, go win at all costs. Mm-hmm, but right. like at what cost? At literally right. our most cherished cherished things in our life, they're the one taking the brunt of it, right? Let alone, we're going to get to health. Don't you guys worry about that. But like our health takes it, but so does our children. And that right there is like made me really question. I'm going to pose this question to the audience is like, what is success? What mm-hmm. is your success? And what it was 10 years ago is probably very different from, from what it is now as it should be because you have evolved. And so I think taking inventory of what that success is, it has changed for me. And just to share on a quick side note, there was a period in our life where I was climbing that corporate ladder, like nobody's business, get out of my way. Right. And my kids were young. I was on a plane 70% of the time, once a week or twice a week, every week. And Chris took a primary role, right? We had the, the business to be able to do, he had, he had the business I had my corporate job that I thought was ridiculous. And that's what happened. I missed out on a lot. I got a rude awakening one day. And now I I like to say I got my priorities straight. It was very hard. And I still think back to a lot of the decisions I made. But now we're in a season of growth with our business right now. Right. And Chris is in the field a lot on the construction. And mom is taking that more primary role with the kids. That being said, we've been here before our roles were reversed, but we've been here before. So now Chris and I can have those conversations conversations about what we learned last time mm-hmm. so that with our kids, we can make sure that we are applying it. So in no way am I saying we aren't going to screw up. I guarantee it. We are. But man, we're going to learn a lot faster and recognize it. So I think that that's just something I just wanted to add in because I think this is something that it's such an honor to be in this position, yet we need to talk about it more and understand the gravity of our decisions when we're out there achieving. Mm -hmm. Right. And talk about it more Mm -hmm. with your kids. Mm -hmm. Explain to them the actions you're taking and why. You know, 
you, you have to be able to help them. We're not raising kids, we're raising adults. And if we're not talking to them about the decisions that we're making and the discernment that we're using in making those decisions or the feelings we're feeling like, yes, dad has to leave vacation and this is why. And here's what the consequence of him staying here versus the consequence of him leaving are, right? We think about con- consequences in a usually unhealthy or negative connotation, but we are doing our kids such a disservice if we're not allowing them into our thought process and our story for them to see how we're critically thinking and decision-making in order for them to see that there's also positive consequences that can come from healthy decisions that are made, even if it's difficult. So what, what we know about kids is they also perceive things to be totally off. We think that girls can read body language really well. We think girls can read body language better than boys. Obviously, we had a conversation a little bit ago about Jack's being a little slower on the uptake than Reese's, which is fine. That is, he's, he's tracking with other boys his age. But we think girls are so good at reading body language. You might come in after a hard freaking day at work and be stressed about that. And you know what she's going to do? She's going to internalize it. She's going to think, mom's mad at me. Okay, if mom's mad at me, why is she mad at me? And she's going to go through the Rolodex. Sorry, you probably, you know, Rolodex is such a dated, dated term. (laughs) She's going to go down the rabbit hole of things that she thinks she might have done to make you upset. And it's going to stay with her for who knows how long. It could literally be her entire life if we're not careful. Mm -hmm. That is the gravity of this situation and not letting our kids into how we're feeling, what we're thinking, right? Because she starts to think that, you know, how you could remedy that situation within 2.4 seconds. Hey, I know that I am probably coming in hot right now. I'm a little stressed out. I'm a little anxious. Here's why. And here's what I'm going to do about it. I need to take a deep breath and and go do a five-minute meditation in order to separate what happened in my day from me being mom to you. But it's nothing about you. And what you did for her was release her from that story. She's going to go on and tell herself and gave her practical tools and tips on how to help her when she's anxious and stressed. So talk about it. Sure. Talk about it with your kids in mind in an appropriate way, obviously, for their age to be able to hear you and grasp what you're saying in order to put it into use in their own lives. I mean, amen to that. Like, I fully, fully agree. That's something um, I've seen firsthand. And I actually did, I I think I did a reel on this, talking about the different hats that we wear as mom or parents, right? Like I, and taking the time to almost pause in between your hat switches. Mm-hmm. So if you are coming home and coming in hot, like you said, cause we've all come in hot, right? Whatever happened, maybe there's some road rage, even that, right? Is coming in hot is like taking a moment, change your hat, take a breath, the five minute meditation, the 30 second, three deep breaths, mm-hmm. right? right? And then walk in, right. right? But I love bringing them along for the ride. I could not agree with that more. Jill, did you have anything to add? I think it was beautifully said. Nope, Mm -hmm. 100%. And I also think, um, well, I guess one more thing, that it's also okay um, (laughs) that your kids make mistakes too, you know? So yes, be the role model. Like today, my kid was like, I just put Brock in a headlock and, you know, like a (laughs) chokehold. Do we, have I ever taught you that? And that's okay. This is part of the practice. So remembering too that, you have to, Shelly, you said it beautifully earlier, you have to put in the reps. So if you said it once, say it 
10,000 more times until the chokehold and the body slams stop, you know, they're also practicing. So Mm -hmm. we have to remember that we've gotten to this point because we've practiced and we also have to let our kids make mistakes and practice time and time again and fall down and get back up. Um, So giving them some grace and space to, to do that as well. I love that. I love that. This conversation has been so great. And as we kind of bring it around here, uh, I would be remiss if I did not bring up health. Because one thing that I always love seeing, you know, with both of both of you gals, you're both healthy, you both eat great, you both like take the time to go move and even just sit in silence, right? Health isn't always about like, go, 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 right? Or all the, like your checks, check off list of things to do. But I would love to share because you guys both have like a, an exercise background, right? Working at Lululemon, like you've been in this, but now you're on your own. You're running your own business. Schedule is kind of like up to you, um, <laughs> right? I mean, with, with, of course, like, you know, par- parenting requirements and stuff like that, yeah. but like, it's your schedule and things can kind of get pushed aside, especially as we're growing a business. What are some tips that you could provide our listeners with like how you've been able to incorporate your health into your daily life, owning a business? This is something I'm relearning for myself because I was Jim Mary for the better part of a decade. People knew me as my Instagram handle, which they still do, but my Instagram handle was the manicured meathead. Like I was the girl who owned the CrossFit gym. I was the girl that helped you do this with your workout regime. I was the girl you went to if you needed a meal plan. And for me, I quit um, my personal training in 2022, December of 2022, to take the leap into girls mentorship. So for me, I really have had to take a huge separation and a huge step back from being meathead Mary, um, Mary who works out all day, every day, because we often find our value in things that are outside of us. And it's been a really big lesson for me. So my advice might sound a little different. It's I had to give myself a massive amount of grace when I wasn't moving my body because it's taken it's taken the better part of eight months for me. I'm not going to lie to like want to move my body again. And I say that to say I didn't throw everything out the window simply because I haven't really intentionally moved my body over this last year while I'm acclimating to what this new season is. Doesn't mean I've eaten like a total asshole. Doesn't mean I've thrown sleep out or not drank water or not been mindful of my screen time or, you know, making decisions that don't support me not moving my body as much as my body is used to being moved while I figure out what's next for me and what's best for me. And I think I think that's a really important call out because we often compare ourselves to people we see on social media who are like, you have the same 24 hours. I've worked out 17 <laughs> times today, eaten my chicken, done. The, and it's like we make ourselves wrong for certain decisions. And I have had Again, another um, opportunity to look myself in the mirror and say, you're okay. This isn't wrong. You deserve a little grace. And it's not like you're quitting doing it or totally undoing all of the work you've done for yourself over the past decade, but your mind needs a break. And it's important for you to move your mind right now more than it's important to move your body. And 
I'm getting back into it, which is cool as well, where it's like my body is finally craving it again. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where the miss was. So it was easy for me not to do it. However, all of those other habits had to stay in place if I expected to still operate at a high level and not have a rebound time that takes me another eight months. Oh, I just love that. I just love that because... I mean, we are pushed and bombarded all day long, especially on social media. Like you should do this cold plunge, uh, sauna, uh, infrared, uh, (laughs) don't eat this. No, eat this like good food, bad food, like all the time. And just like taking a big old step back, but not letting go of all the core habits that you know are good. Mm -hmm. Right. So I Mm -hmm. really, really, really love that. Mary Jill, how about you? Um, similar. We are very similar in as far as like pulling back and resting our body. Um, I, depending on the season and you know, Shelly being a mom, like we have different routines throughout the year. We have the school routine and then the summer routine. And then it's, you know, maybe there's a season where you're really pushing the business routine and, I'm now coming back into a routine that I'm excited about. Like I, I'm coming into a routine where it's like, okay, how do I really own my schedule? So my schedule doesn't own me. So if I prioritize working out, where does it fit within our work schedule and our in-between meetings and in-between school stuff and my kids' act after-school activities? So what I'm really practicing and, and what I'm like, yeah, like really trying to put my best foot forward is is figuring out, okay, I work better, even though it's hard for me to wake up in the morning to move my body, that's the best time for me to do it. Because Mm -hmm. then the rest of my day is pretty much work and kids and and the priorities that I'm expecting, I'm anticipating, um, all the while making sure that I am drinking my water and, you know, not making myself wrong if I don't go to the gym. I love what Mary said, that there has to be healthy habits outside of just um, moving your body. Because if you don't make it to the gym for a week, it's like, you're not terrible and awful. You can, you know, hang your hat on being like, you know what, but dang, I've, I, I've, I've walked or I have, I've meditated or I've done other things that supported my health journey. It doesn't have to just fall on me moving my body. So I'm recommitting to, a schedule that is um that that works for me versus my schedule working me. I love love that. So two things like I love the like support. You're like I'm making decisions that support me, not just what I should be doing, right? Mm-hmm. Like what people tell me I should be doing. So I really love that and the schedule cuz that's one thing. I mean, I feel like um I know personally and I have previous like we're, we're so similar in a lot of ways. This has been a fun conversation of like that two hours in the gym, six days a week, rest day, super crazy nutrition, blah, blah, blah. We're like, now I'm like, if I make it two days in the gym, like it's a win for me. And each week is different. So I have to evaluate my schedule each week and allow for that to be flexible. Mm -hmm. That's what I think is like to put yourself first, there has to be flexibility because there are so many moving parts. Mm-hmm. Right. family, friends, business, all of the things, right? right? Your career, yeah. whatever you're doing, if, if you're still in, you know, if you're in a, a corporate career position. So I just have to thank you both. This conversation mm-hmm. has been 
so, so great. It's gone in so many different ways, which is real life. And I hope that all of my listeners, I know that you guys can hear the heart in what they're doing. You know, this, this didn't just, I think businesses that start this way with so much experience and so organically do some incredible, amazing things. So I would say follow, make sure that you follow (laughs) along with Jill and Mary on girls mentorship ladies, which, where is the best place for them to, to follow along with you? I would say following the fun happens mostly on our Instagram. Um, we're pretty hilarious if we do say so ourselves. So that's fun to follow along with, but we make it easeful to have a conversation around your parenting and how to really help boast and boost your teen or tween girls, self-confidence, self-esteem, self-awareness. Um, we're pretty interactive over there. All of our handles on any social media are the same, but I would say we're the most active there. I love that. And one thing I actually want to give you guys out a, sh- a shout out, Mary, you were doing this, the uh, kind of like trends, what's going on. Oh yeah. If anything, if you are a parent, you must follow them for these trends because I cannot keep up with all the stuff that is going on out there. And I'm like, oh, cool. Thanks, Mary. Like now I can be on the watch out for this. Like you educated me as a parent so that I can be on the watch for like whatever mm-hmm. is going on with the kids. Like if they say something, I'm going to now know and be able to add right? Which again shows that I'm investing in the kids. They're going to see that. So follow for the trends, which I think is such a big thing. So Uh, thanks for that call out. We appreciate that. And I know they take effort. So thank you for doing that. Thank you. That's not, that's not easy. She's an investigative journalist. (laughs) (laughs) A new skill you had no idea that you had. Exactly. Another hat that she wears in the business. Uh, there's so many. There's so many. many. All right, ladies. Thank you so much for joining everyone tuning in. Make sure that you share this episode, share it, tag it out, get the word out. This is one of those episodes that will change lives. And it's Mm -hmm. not just the lives of our listeners. It's the lives of their children. It's the legacy that's going on. So this is one that you definitely want to share. I will absolutely have the uh, tags to all of girls mentorship, social media in the notes. So you can find it there easily. And, um, I just want to say thank you again. Don't forget, we are in the business of being healthy here. Have a great day. Bye. Thanks, Shelly. Bye, everyone.